FCS Nation, it's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Joining me like it does each week is Mr. Chris Callum. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in Cheney, Washington. I'd like to wish each one of you a very Merry Christmas and also to you, Chris. Merry Christmas, partner. Right back at you. We have a pretty good mix, I think, for this Christmas Day show of FCS Nation. Mr. Ryan Cardi, the brand new head coach for the Delaware Blue Hens, will join us. So will Mr. Myers Hendrickson, the brand new head coach for the Western Illinois Leathernecks. In the third segment will be a best of segment. We'll have interviews from earlier in the season with Mr. Paul Paps of the Dan Patrick Show and former Villanova head coach and college football Hall of Famer, Mr. Andy Talley. Well, we know who's going to be in the championship game now after a great Great season of playoffs. It's going to be NDSU versus Montana State. And before we get into the recap segment from last week, Chris, we always talk about how our playoff system is superior to the one just right above us. This is an eight-seed Montana State team who's going to play for the national title. This is the only system in Division One football where that's possible. Yeah, you know, and, and you could make a case that Montana State could have been seeded higher, but if you were to actually not read regionalize the playoffs, seed all of the teams, then it might make the committee's job actually easier because you know, not that we don't mind seeing upsets and seeing an eight seed make it all the way. That's exciting stuff. But it could have very easily been any of the other three big sky teams, you know. So but Montana State, man, they're they're on a great run. First up from the national semifinals last week, North Dakota State 20, James Madison 14. Chris, this was a great ball game, but I think if you're an NDSU fan, you have to sort of think, man, we had a chance to put them away and just couldn't do it. NDSU teams, the great ones of the past, never missed that opportunity. They very rarely did. James Madison's four first half possessions ended in punt, punt, Interception and punt. Interception was made by Dawson Weber in the end zone to haul a deep drive by JMU. So North Dakota State's defense definitely came to play to open the game. Three of those possessions were also three and outs, by the way, and they had a total of just 61 yards. The Bison took a 13 and nothing lead into half, but JMU made some adjustments like good teams do, and they took a 14 to 13 lead on two Cole Johnson scoring strikes to Antoine Wells Jr. and Devin Ravenel. NDSU's defense then rose to the occasion once again, Kevin, shutting out JMU over the last 15 minutes. Cam Miller hit Hunter Lepke on a 22-yard pass for the game winner. And then JMU had a couple more chances to score, but they fell short. And the best one really was that second-to-last drive, about three minutes to go, and it's third and six from the NDSU seven. And Destin Talbert makes just a heck of a play on a Cole Johnson pass, picks it off, and that was really you know the deciding factor in the game. Lepke, by the way, absolute beast. He rushes for 114 yards, catching three passes for another 89 and a touchdown. And I know you love that position. It's great to see fullbacks featured as a weapon on offense. 
And look, that was obviously JMU's last game as an FCS team. We're obviously losing something in the subdivision by them moving up. Great team, great program, great fans, who I kind of enjoyed sometimes poking a little bit because there are so few fan bases in this subdivision that you can really poke and have hundreds of people come back at you and tell you how much you stink. And I kind of enjoy that, but it's a loss for the entire subdivision that James Madison is leaving, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I want everybody to do better. I want the subdivision to be as competitive as possible. And, and as much as we like upsets, we also like watching really great teams perform. So definitely a loss. All three of those teams that are leaving are losses. Montana State, 31. South Dakota State, 17. Chris, we talked about it last week with Montana State. The number for them is 21. If you can score 21 points on them, you've done something. South Dakota State looked like they were well on their way with 17 points at halftime but they were not able to do anything in the second half. The Jackrabbits were very committed to the run, and it just didn't work for them in that second half. I think it was very telling on the first possession for the Jackrabbits. You could tell that they thought maybe they could out-physical the Bobcats, went for it on fourth and less than a yard inside the 20-yard line of Montana State. And what did we see, my friend? We saw a Walter Payton Award candidate, Pierre Strong Jr., carry the football, and a Buck Buchanan Award candidate, Troy Anderson, in open space where if Anderson doesn't make that tackle, it's a touchdown, a huge momentum swing. But Troy Anderson did what Troy Anderson always does. He makes the that play in that situation. I can't remember another time with so much on the line where two such great players were matched up one-on-one in that kind of environment. Yeah, I mean, there's no question Anderson's one of the best players, period, on either side of the ball in the subdivision, and I saw that play, too. And, you know, Montana State, that's the thing. Their defense is good. It's physical, especially their front seven, but they are good in space, and they close really fast. They have great sideline-to-sideline speed, so they're the full package. As far as the game goes, you know, the Cats, they take a hit before play even starts when it's announced that Isaiah Fonse was scratched due to a nagging knee injury. He'd been beat up. He missed a game. And so you're thinking, oh, man. And then the other thing is, I think most of us thought this would be a low-scoring game because he had two good defenses. And Montana State needed it to be a low-scoring game, especially because their offense wasn't as good a matchup against South Dakota State's offense. But 17-17 at the end of the first half, it really didn't seem to matter as far as, you know, the, the way that the game played out. I mean, both offenses had over 400 yards. It was once again the Tommy Malott show. The freshman quarterback finishes the game with 233 yards passing, two scores. He also rushed for another 163 on a huge amount of carries. And the Jacks, this, these are the huge stats. They were just one of three on red zone trips. They were one of four on fourth down conversions. The Cats on the other side were four and four on red zone trips, and they converted their only fourth down try. You know, so you look at a game where the splits are pretty even. You figure, why is it a 14 point win well that's that's a, a big part of it the cats also won the turnover margin with a fumble recovery in the first half and then a crucial pick by Simeon Woodard on the MSU 38 in the fourth quarter and that stopped a drive that was looking promising for South Dakota State and that was just when the game was a one score game and like we talked about already Troy Anderson lived up to his reputation leading all players at 10 tackles and then Daniel Hardy on the defensive line he had two of the three sacks of Oladokun and the second time in the playoffs including the Sacramento State game that the Jacks were held scoreless in the second half. And that's just amazing considering how good and potent that offense is. South Carolina State, 31. Jackson State, 10. Said it last week. 
I'm not surprised by this. I think everybody else in the country is. You give Buddy Pugh, the fine defensive mind for the South Carolina State Bulldogs, a freshman quarterback, and two weeks to prepare for it, not going to be fun for you. South Carolina State, 31, Jackson State, 10 in the Celebration Bowl. Yeah, and this is a nice pick on your part, Kevin. And, you know, this one, it was kind of a weird game. South Carolina State basically just made plays in the passing game. You know, from uh, a completion percentage standpoint, it wasn't very good. In fact, it was kind of ugly. But they made enough plays, enough chunk plays and long passes to get the win. So congratulations to the Bulldogs. And I'm going to say it one more time in case folks didn't hear me last week. Remember this. There isn't a better or more respected head football coach in the Palmetto State than Buddy Pugh. And that goes for Dabo Swinney, Beamer, and whoever else is coaching at South Carolina. This is a guy who could have been just about anywhere he wanted to in the country, probably by his reputation. Loves Orangeburg, South Carolina. Loves the South Carolina State Bulldogs. And he followed a legend. And Willie Jeffries waited his turn, got the job. Congratulations to Buddy Pugh and the South Carolina State Bulldogs on winning the Celebration Bowl. Some news from around the subdivision. It's been a pretty good week in the state of Idaho. Idaho State hired Charlie Ray. Regal is their new head football coach. Regal was previously the special teams coordinator at Cal. The University of Idaho hired South Dakota State offensive coordinator Jason Eck as their new head football coach. Two new head coaches for the FCS teams in the state of Idaho. We're happy to announce that we're going to be bringing you all the coverage from Frisco, Texas, the national championship game, in partnership with redshirtsports.xyz. We'll have articles, audio, and there's even a link to listen to FCS Nation at redshirtsports.xyz. Get to redshirtsports.xyz for the best in FCS coverage. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Ryan Carty, the brand-new head coach for the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. Later on in the show, Mr. Myers Hendrickson, the brand-new head coach for the Western Illinois Leathernecks, will join us. In Segment 5, Chris and I will briefly break down the national championship game, not giving you all the good stuff until the championship game preview, but we will discuss the title game taking place on 8 January live at high noon on ESPN2 in Frisco, Texas. All of that and much, much more is coming up next right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Sticking with us during the break, you're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by Mr. Ryan Cardi, the brand new head coach for the Delaware Blue Hens. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me, Kevin. You're not unfamiliar with Delaware, are you? You won a ring there, went to Sam Houston, ran one of the most dynamic offenses in the entire country. What does it feel like to be home? Uh, it feels great. You know, just to, to have the the faith in the from the administration here and the fan base here that you know that that I'm I'm. I can be part of something to to make this place great. Um, you know, it's been something that I've always dreamed about, and uh, I can't wait to to get started, hit the ground running, and get a chance to be around the guys. Casey Keeler, when he got to Sam Houston, said there were several things he needed to do to make that a championship program, and obviously he did it. You've got all of those things already at Delaware, don't you? Well, there, there's certainly a lot of pieces here that are tremendous and that are I wouldn't call them ready-made, but there's. They're, they've been working on them. And so I think, you know, with the things that you're talking about, you know, in facilities and support, fan base, 
all that stuff is is here, and it's something that you know we can build on right away. Coach, you ran that offense at Sam Houston, and there's really nothing like it in the CAA. Villanova had a really dynamic offense one season ago, but really seemed to settle on playing defense and ball control this year, and it took them a long way in the playoffs. Are we going to see that same type of wide-open attack there? Well, I sure hope so. There's no doubt about that. Um, we're we're going to give it our all, but obviously, you know, it's going to be like it always is, uh, dictated on our personnel and and how uh, explosive and dynamic we can be. The the game's still one up front, and we got to make sure that offense and defensive lines win the win the game of the trenches. And um, you know, hopefully, we can be explosive and and do the stuff that I've you know been accustomed to doing. Um, but again, it's going to be based on whatever gets us down the field and scores points. That's what we're going to do. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Ryan Cardi, the brand-new head coach for the Delaware Blue Hens. Coach, when you look at James Madison departing the CAA, it's going to be a whole new dynamic in that league. Also, lots of coaching changes. It's not the same CAA that you played in, is it? Well, it, it, sure, it certainly has transformed into uh, something a little bit different, I guess. I mean, there's, there's still the same uh, you know, cast of characters minus James Madison. Um, and so, you know, we're going to take it. Whatever schedule comes out, we're going to take it one day, one game at a time, and kind of do our best to maneuver around the what, what what will still be a tremendous schedule, as we know. It's not like it's it's changed in how talented the teams are around here, and so you know it may it may look a little different, but it's still going to feel like the CAA. Coach, you became sort of Twitter famous in the FCS playoffs this year with the light that you had on your hat in the press box calling the plays at Sam Houston. Are you going to be able to do that on the sideline? I think Delaware Stadium is pretty well lit, Coach. I don't think I'll have to. I honestly didn't. I haven't even seen any of these pictures yet. I've been told about these pictures. you got to send me one. Um, so, uh, you know, it was a, a long story that started during the coronavirus uh, issues. Uh, we couldn't. We had too many people to sit in the press box at home games, so the offensive staff just decided to go outside. And uh, we didn't really have a lot of night games at the time. And all of a sudden, I realized there was no light out there, and so I couldn't see my call sheet. And again, being a being down in Texas, there were a bunch of hunters uh, on the staff, and so uh, somebody had something for for their deer stand that went on their hat. And so I uh, I took it, had some fun with it. Coach, when you look at this CAA, again, there seem to be a lot of teams who have taken the NDSU approach in how to play football. Run the ball, play good defense, win the special teams. You get Nolan Henderson back. He's decided to stay since you've been hired as the head coach. That may be the toughest young man in all of FCS college football. <laughs> well, they, we're, we're happy to have him back for sure. There is that mentality i'm sure in the in the colonial athletic association there's also you know it's not a bad mentality to have i mean you got to be able to run the ball to win um but you know to be balanced is to be somebody that's that's going to have the ability to run the ball when you need to run the ball and throw the ball when you need to throw the ball and that's it's not about how many plays you call that are runs or passes it's about how good you can be at them and so I think that's something that we strive to be as balanced as possible. I mean, the last two years, we, we have been at Sam Houston. And so, you know, I think that's something we can continue to do. Um, and having somebody like Nolan back is, is really going to be a, a jump start to that, you know, the pass game side of it for sure. But he could also help you in the run game. He's going to get you out of things in the pass game. And those kinds of those kinds of players, those kinds of quarterbacks are exactly what we're looking to, to utilize. 
When did you know that you wanted to be a coach, and who influenced you to move in that direction with your career? Uh, well, my, my father uh, is a Hall of Fame New Jersey high school football coach. Uh, both of my brothers are high school football coaches, and so I kind of grew up in it. It was a, a kind of family business, I guess. Um, and so I, I did want to do it probably late in my, in my college career. I decided that it was the route that I wanted to go, even though maybe it was even uh, predestined. But um, And so, you know, I would say my biggest influence would obviously be my father. So what I'm hearing is that when y'all go to eat Christmas dinner, like you might draw up how everybody's going to get there, right, with some squiggly lines <laughs> and that type of deal? Uh, you can definitely say that my poor mother's put up with a lot of, of talk about football over the years with the, with the three boys and, and my father. So um, it's uh, she's a saint for it. When you're trying to assemble a staff as a new coach, do you go with people that you know? Do you open the process up completely or kind of a, a combination of both of those things? Certainly a combination. You know, I, I think comfort matters, um, but also stepping out of your comfort zone and, and being able to find people that can challenge you and, and, uh, and that can compliment you well uh, that may not have been somebody that's worked with you in the past um, and also trying to fit some pieces into what fits at a different place. And so maybe something fits in Delaware that didn't fit in New Hampshire or in Texas. And so it's not only about who you've worked with. Uh, sometimes it's about what you need and, uh, and what kind of person you want around your guys. I know that regardless of who it is, I know what I want, which is high energy individuals who are going to come in here and love football, love Delaware football and want to make sure that every day, you know, our players are getting a little bit better and never staying the same. FCS Nation, that's then Mr. Ryan Cardi, the new head coach for the Delaware Blue Hens. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Look forward to speaking with you further on down the line as we get into next season. Thank you for having me. The holidays are here, and there's plenty for all of us to do. Shopping, gathering together, eating great food, spending quality time with friends and family, and donating time to give back. Renewal by Anderson would like to take a moment to thank the citizens of the state of Montana for their warm reception in 2021. It's been a great year, and Renewal by Anderson has had the opportunity to work with many great customers throughout the state, installing their new windows and doors. We humbly thank all of our customers and employees for their business and support, and look forward to serving new and returning customers in 2022. From everyone at Renewal by Anderson, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Curious about all that Renewal by Anderson has to offer, visit us on the web at rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com. Once again, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Renewal by Anderson. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. 
I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels. BrickWheels.com. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now, time for the best of segment. We'll have an interview with Mr. Paul Paps from the Dan Patrick Show and Mr. Andy Talley, former head coach for the Villanova Wildcats, a college football Hall of Famer. We're now joined by Mr. Paul Paps, executive producer and on air talent for the Dan Patrick Show, heard on over 360 radio stations. Way to make me feel small, Paul, all across <laughs> this country, Monday through Friday. Thanks for being here, sir. Oh, it's great. I, I, I like what people like you are doing with the radio show. Show and with like the different Twitter feeds that support FCS football, I still throw in a one double A every once in a while. I'm not being disrespectful to FCS, but I like to go old school once, once in a while. Say one double A. Well, we're both pretty old, so that works both ways. <laughs> Look, you're a noted alumni of Southern Illinois. That program has come a long way. What are your memories of watching football when you were there? Well, when I was at Southern, I did a, a nice five year stretch. I was you know a C student, so I took my time at Southern. I really loved Carbondale. We were always like five and six. Six and five. We had a new quarterback every year. I think we had three head coaches in my five years there. They were not a bad program nor a very good program. And the tailgate was solid. A lot of my friends would not go into the games. Uh, I would be at the tailgate and I wanted to be there for kickoff. I'm a true football fan. And I would walk in at kickoff and all my friends would be like, yeah, man, we'll, we'll catch up to you in a bit. And they'd be at the tailgate. So I always wished the football team would be like, nine and one and a packed house. So it's coach Hill. Nick Hill is the coach there. He's a quarterback there. He's got it to be where it's, it's people are going to the games and they're, they're a factor. And, and when they play against a, a North Dakota state, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a walkover. It feels to be like a real game. Well, you got North Dakota state in Fargo. The last time you played, you yeah. were able to beat them. That's going to be tough sledding though. It is. But if you look at Southern Illinois, they've played, you know, South Dakota state, South Dakota, North Dakota state a few times being in the conference. I think they're, not intimidated by North Dakota State anymore. I think maybe three or four years ago, North Dakota State felt like they walk in with the victory and it'd be an occasion when you took a victory away from them. And I don't, th- I don't say they're down North Dakota State, but it feels like it's attainable of a victory against them. Well, Chris Callum said it last week. I think everybody in this field is gettable and have been gotten except for Sam Houston this regular season. It's as wide open as it's ever been. Yeah, and you look at a team like one of my favorite teams is Montana State. I actually got to go to Bozeman a long time ago, a great town, and see Montana State play. Actually, it was actually summertime, so I didn't get to see them play football. But um, they're 9-2. and two, They're in the playoffs. They got smoked against Montana a couple weeks ago, and you're like, okay, 
this team could still be in the playoffs. So I think you can afford an off week. Southern Illinois had a couple off weeks this year. They, you know, they're seven and four, but those seven wins were great. And you look at the teams in your part of the country where you are now. That was a hell of a game between Holy Cross and Sacred Heart. There were people who think that they didn't belong in the playoffs. Man, that was a good defensive, hard hitting, and entertaining football game. Yeah, so I live uh, in Trumbull, Connecticut, and I'm a mile away from Sacred Heart University. And I've been a teacher, a faculty member at Sacred Heart since 2010. I teach journalism and sports media, and I've seen that football program rise up. The coach there is named Mark Nofreak. And about 10 years ago, they were not really putting people in the stands. And again, they'd be like that six and five team that didn't really do much. In the past seven or eight years, they've been to the playoffs you know, more than they haven't been in the playoffs and they've been winning conference titles. And the other day uh, they had parents weekend and I think the, the whole football complex holds 4,500, 5,500. They had 6,000. There was standing room only and it felt really cool. So it's a very respectable program. And there's not a lot of really top notch one double eight programs, FCS programs in the Northeast, you know, Maine's had some good years and not New Hampshire, and teams like that, but uh, it, it's nice to have college football, honestly, less than a mile and a half from my house. It's cool. Sacred Heart's a pretty good program. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Paul Paps, executive producer and on-air talent on the Dan Patrick Show. Paul, when you look at the next level up, I don't have enough time to really follow it. Do you expect them to go to a system like ours in the FCS here shortly? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to think that I know what college football division one should do, but they rarely do what I think they should do. Um, I I think division one football should be about 60 teams, maybe five conferences around the country and a, a, you know, 16 team max playoff. Cause then that'd be like 25% of the teams will get in. That still makes it kind of special to get in. It's not like the NBA or NHL. Um, I don't know that's what's going to happen, you know, because then that means some teams would have to drop down. Like a team like Vanderbilt, they're not competing for anything on the SEC level or on the national title level. Should Vanderbilt be an FCS team or an FBS team? I think they should be an FCS team. And I don't think they want to think that because they would miss out on all that great SEC money. So unfortunately money clouds up, uh, a good, reasonable sports decision, almost always. Well, when you look around the country and you see teams that struggle and then you see teams move up, Idaho moved down. Amongst the guys there on the show, what was the talk when that happened? Well, I think, you know, Idaho is is a fun program, and I think moving down is, is kind of weird sometimes. People look like, oh, they're going to move up. Like North Dakota State, for years we've talked to us, should North Dakota State be in the Big 12? Well, they could be a, a kind of a, a name everybody knows in, in FCS, or they should, they should go up a notch to the Big 12 and be seven and four every year, eight and five, eight and three, and have nice seasons. I don't. I kind of like where they are. I think, you know, being the top of the heap of Division One AA to me is, is has more value than being a middle-of-the-road team at the next level. It always has. Everybody sees you on the TV broadcast wearing FCS gear. Eh, not everybody. Well, not you know, it's, and, and it's not just you and, you know, people who are famous. I mean, Adam Sandler wears his UNH gear. Who would surprise sure. people listening here who's an FCS person? Oh, uh, boy, you know what? Um, we have Yale University right down the street. I, when I was at ESPN with Dan Patrick, 
we went to Yale games, and I know they don't play in the playoffs, but they're they're FCS. And uh, you know, Governor Pataki of New York would always come to the games, and you'll see people at Yale games. You'll see some pretty famous people. Paul Giamatti, the actor. I saw him at a Yale game where like different people because Yale has a, a broad fan base and a alumni network. So you'll see them at uh, those games. Um, I know Kevin Nealon, the actor, the comedian, he's been at a Sacred Heart game. I saw him in the booth. I didn't get up to the VIP area that day. I think Kevin Nealon took all the good seats. But, uh, you know, it's I really like wearing the gear because I think it has more of an impact on, on the Dan Patrick show or on TV as well. If I wear an Alabama shirt or an LSU shirt, you know, that's nice, but they see that all the time. But if I wear, like, uh, you know, even a Division three school, like UW-Whitewater, or, you know, uh, or if I wear a Jackrabbit shirt from South Dakota State, the South Dakota fans go berserk. They really send in notes. They send nice things on Twitter. And it, it kind of almost like a cycle. So someone at Kennesaw State will say, oh, I saw you wearing that South Dakota State shirt. Can you wear one of ours? I'm like, believe me, I love free gear. So it... I get stuff from teams all the time. And it's really funny after a team wins. So let's say like, um, let me throw out a team like Sam Houston or, or, you know, Kennesaw state. If they have a big victory, I'll get a note on Twitter. Hey, make sure you wear our gear on Monday. Don't forget to wear our gear on Monday. And so it's a cool little cycle. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Paul Paps from the Dan Patrick Show. Really appreciate you being here, sir. And uh, look, keep wearing that FCS gear. And FCS Nation, send in the stuff. He'll wear it. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> I'm always here for free gear. Take care. We're now joined by Mr. Andy Talley, former head coach of the Villanova Wildcats, won a national championship with Villanova, being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Coach Talley, thanks for making the time. What is it mean to you to be a Hall of Famer? I know you're a real humble guy, but I would have a shirt that says, hey, you're looking at a college football Hall of Famer. I'm not as humble as you are, Coach. <laughs> well, uh, it's uh, quite unexpected, frankly. Um, I mean, they have some parameters on the thing. You have to win 60% of your games and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, they contacted me as soon as I, as soon as I uh, retired. Uh, they told me that I would be on the ballot. So I figured, okay, well, that means I'll be dead by the time they pick me, you know, uh, and said there was a two-year waiting list. So the next thing you know, um, you know, this ball comes in the mail and I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, and uh, congratulations on being inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. There's only 212 uh, since 18 something and you're one of them. And I was like, holy mackerel. Wow. Uh, shocking, really, but pretty great. Coach, I know that you keep your ear to the ground and your eyes on the field at Villanova. That's a good football team this year. What are their chances to get to Frisco? What do you think? Well, uh, they have a tremendous quarterback. And uh, he has really made the difference. Uh, he was the big difference in their win over JMU, who's very, very good. Uh, so now they're tied uh, for the championship. Uh, they and JMU and, and Villanova has to beat Delaware in the final game, uh, and they'll get the seed out of the CAA. So um, they're very good. Uh, they lost to Penn State, but gave them a good run. Uh, and got upset by William and Mary, but you know, in the CAA, that happens. Coach, you do the Andy Talley Bone Marrow Foundation, which we've been very pleased to be a part of for years. Tell us about that and how people can get involved. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, we're saving a lot of lives uh, up to this point. Now uh, we've put almost 900 people uh, that that needed bone marrow transplants to live. I mean, they were all going to die for sure, and we were able to match them with, in many cases, a college football player. So we have. Uh, 150 college football teams 
that work with me and do bone marrow drives every year. And the bone marrow drive is a very simple process. It's a simple cheek swab and they put your DNA uh, on a slide and now we have it. Uh, and if someone needs a match and you happen to be that match, it's usually one in 600 uh, to maybe be called, but because of our young group of players that we have with college football teams, it's, it's one in 180. So a lot of these kids, 18 to 25 male, are the perfect match for somebody in the world. So it's been great stuff and it's kept me going. You know, once I stopped coaching, I had been doing it uh, as, you know, in the last 10 or 15 years of my career. So I just kept on going. So it it has been terrific. And uh, there's uh, over 20 million people on the donor list, uh, but we need so many more donors. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, once you're 38, you're off the donor list. So they really want young people whose marrow is just much more, uh, you know, the type that they're they're looking for. Well, I'm not 38. I'm much older than that now. So I'm off the list. But it was very easy, FCS Nation. Like Coach Talley said, you swab a cheek, send it in, and you can maybe save a life, which is a really, really cool thing. Coach, 24 teams in the playoffs this year didn't have that many when you were coaching Villanova. How important was it for your squad to get that first round by and not have to play the first week of the playoffs? Well, it's incredibly important. For one thing, uh, it gives you a couple of weeks to get ready uh, for your first game uh, after you're coming off of your last game of the season. Um, now, you, you know, you're playing over the Thanksgiving weekend and it just happens so quick from your last game. If you have injury, unfortunately, you carry that injury into the game. So it's critical not to be in that first round. Um, my last year uh, at Villanova, well, it wasn't my, next to my last year. At the year after we won the title in 2009 and 2010, um, we, we got in uh, as an 8-3 team, and we ended up playing uh, the, the number two seed in the country in the first round. Uh, and then in the second round, you know, we played the number one seed in the country on the road. And in the third round, um, you know, we had to go to Eastern Washington and they were, I think, number one in the country that year. So we played one, two, and three uh, back to back to back away. And that's, that's too much for any college football team to, to travel that far. So it's, it's a real downer to be in the first round. I mean, it's great. It's awesome. You, you made it. But it's an uphill battle for sure. Coach, how can people get involved? How can they look up Tally Bone Marrow on the web? And college football players, if you're listening, there'll be events on campuses, correct? That's how you uh, get the cheeks. Oh, yes. We have have events on campus all around the country. But uh, if anybody's interested, tallybonemarrow.org. If you just look it up, tallybonemarrow.org. And just contact me on that and say that you would like to be a donor uh, and then we can get a kit sent to you and you can do the cheek swab at home takes two seconds put it back in the mail and send it back and uh, now you're on the donor list and we've got you up there running so it's very simple it's just uh, 
Tally, T-A-L-L-E-Y, bonemarrow.org. Very simple to do. Coach Tally, you did me a solid and this show a solid a bunch of years ago. You were my first guest on an FCS radio program. So, folks, if you don't like me or the show, you only got Coach Andy Tally to blame. But, Coach, I really appreciated that all those years ago. It meant a lot to me, and, and you mean a lot to me. And thanks for being on the show, Coach. really appreciate it. Well, you're very kind. You do a great job. Uh, we are lucky to have you. Thanks so much, and thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Mr. Paul Pabst and Mr. Andy Talley for making themselves available. Those were interviews from earlier in the season in a best-of segment. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Myers Hendrickson, the brand-new head coach for the Western Illinois Leathernecks. And following that, Chris Callum returns, and we'll give you a quick breakdown of the FCS title game. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook. Bikers Against Police USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. Y'all, there are a lot of barbecue joints in Missoula and the Bitterroot Valley that claim to have authentic southern barbecue. Trust me, I'm an authentic southerner and they do not. The only barbecue that tastes like the south is Moose Creek Barbecue in Hamilton. Moose Creek Barbecue has authentic southern barbecue. And listeners of this show know that I wouldn't say it unless they did. Moose Creek Barbecue in Hamilton, 363-9152, moosecreekbarbecuemt.com. Come on down to Moose Creek Barbecue in Hamilton and put some south in your mouth. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck! So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher there. Bud Light beer at Isopur St. Louis, Missouri. 
We're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by Mr. Myers Hendrickson, the new head coach for the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Thanks for making the time, Coach. I know getting a job, it's a whirlwind, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I'm honored to be on here, and thanks for having me. Coach, why Western Illinois? Well, I graduated from Western Illinois University. It's a place that I've got a tremendous amount of pride and, and passion for. I grew up around the program, and uh, my father was a, a former coach here, former head coach here, had a chance to, to play here, wear the purple and gold, graduated from Western Illinois University. And, uh, you know, it's a place where, you know, my, my greatest influences as far as uh, my teammates, coaches that I played for here has had the biggest impact on my life. Uh, really shaped me uh, to who I am today, and so I'm, I'm honored to be back and lead Leatherneck football. You're coming from Kansas Wesley in a very successful program. Western Illinois has a proud and rich tradition, and they're not all that far away, Coach. You were in some games with some great teams this year. The cupboard is certainly not bare in Macomb. Well, we do have an incredible tradition of football at WIU. You know, that was a big piece of me coming back as, uh, as, as a Leatherneck and as a player here. You know, I want to celebrate the past and um, celebrate their tradition, but also create a lot of excitement for a new era of success in the future. And I think that, that makes for a tremendous opportunity. You know, I'm really excited to play in the best, what I feel like is, is the best conference um, in the Missouri Valley uh, in FCS football in the country. And I think you look at the amount of teams that made the playoffs this year and and we were very competitive in a lot of games. Um, so I'm really excited about my opportunity to lead Leatherneck football and move the program forward. You didn't have the job on the early signing day, correct? So now are you just going to try to build an entire class of your own for the February day or stick with the guys who the former staff recruited or perhaps a combination of both? Absolutely, a combination of both. I know there's um, been, been recruiting going on here, but I really have a philosophy in recruiting. Uh, student-athletes that are really excited about the future of WIU and and are interested in graduating from WIU and getting the total student-athlete experience that we're going to provide for them here. So I do do plan on bringing in a great high school class that will sign on that signing date in February. You know, we will add some some transfers as well, but we're going to be a high school-based program, a relationship-based program, and and want to build our culture here of Leatherneck football. So the recruiting process has, has of course, already started, and uh, we're working towards, you know, signing a great class for that February, February date. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Myers Hendrickson, the new head coach for the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Coach, what kind of offensive system can Leatherneck fans expect to see? Yeah, it'll be an exciting up-tempo offense. You know, I've um, been fortunate to coach some really good players at, at Kansas Wesleyan, and, um, you know, we, we, we were able to be balanced running in, passing the ball, and we're going to be up-tempo, and we're going to change personnel, we're going to change formation and do a lot of different things. Um, but we're excited about, you know, the future of the Leatherneck offense. I think there's some really good pieces here coming back, and we got a great tradition and history of offense and you know I was fortunate enough to play in some really good offenses here in, in my career and a lot of my foundation and what I believe in offensively um, stems from that but I believe you got to be physical and, and run the football in the Missouri Valley you know that you know, I, know you, I know you asked about offense but I think it, it goes hand in hand with your defense too you know I think defensively you got to be committed to stopping the run I think on offense you got to be committing to running the football now we're going to do it in a unique up-tempo way and um, do some things that um, you know we'll, we'll add some opportunities for big plays and we're going to be dynamic and and do things um you know in, in a creative way here at western illinois university but at, at the core i think you got to run the football and you got to stop the run on defense when you're building a staff do you go outside of your comfort zone or do you mostly bring in guys that you know that you've worked with 
Well, that's, you know, as far as our staff here at Western Illinois, I'm going to find outstanding individuals um, of high character that are going to share in my vision, and they want to represent Western Illinois University, and they want to coach in Macomb, Illinois. I think that's a huge piece of this. Um, you know, again, we've got a great tradition of not only football players, but a great tradition of, of past coaches. And so, you know, with, with my connection to the program, you know, there are some relationships already built and in place where there's a good connection, um, you know, to, to some coaches that I'm excited about bringing in. Um, you know, we're working through the vetting process and working through the interview process right now, but I am really excited about about the coaches and the staff that we're going to put together. I mean, it's going to be a, a great staff, some with former connections to WIU, some that are going to be coming in from, from outside programs, but we're all going to come together and share the same vision and be great role models for our student-athletes and, and work to move the program forward. Coach, you mentioned the Missouri Valley Football Conference. It is tough week in and week out. How do you prepare for a grind like that? Well, I love it because, again, as a student athlete, I played in it, you know, and, and we had some, some, again, I was part of some good teams here, our 2010 team, you know, made the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, we were playing, obviously, the in the Valley and, and playing all the teams that, that you see at the top right now. We're able to knock off a lot of those teams. So I know what it takes to be successful in the Missouri Valley. And then that blend with, you know, my previous head coaching experience, I think, is a good um, is a good fit. And, and it's exciting for the future of our program. But I love playing in this conference. I loved it as a student athlete. Uh, you get to go against the best every single week and I think that's what we all want and uh, that's the challenge in front of us but I look at challenges as opportunities and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to be back in the valley was it your dad who made you want to be a coach absolutely so I grew up around the game um, you know pretty much all my time growing up was either in Iowa City Iowa where he was an assistant coach under Hayden Fry previously before that um, under Bobby Ross at Georgia Tech where I was born in Atlanta Georgia um, but, you know, the majority of my time growing up was in Iowa City, Iowa, and then Macomb, Illinois. Uh, my dad had a chance to come over and be the offensive coordinator um, and then became head coach here at Western Illinois University um, where I played for him. So I grew up around the game and absolutely loved the game. This is what I wanted to do my whole life. Been really preparing to lead a college football program my whole life and had an opportunity to do that at Kansas Wesleyan. Um, but, I, you know, I'm a leatherneck, you know, I'm, my heart and soul is in Macomb, Illinois. So when, when I had the opportunity to come back and, and lead my alma mater, it was something that I was honored to do and excited about the future for the program. When you're trying to rebuild, how do you temper expectations? I know you want to win immediately, but in that conference, it might take you just a little bit to build up. How do you temper those expectations? Well, we want to be the model Missouri Valley Football Conference program, and I know that won't happen overnight because you want to build it the right way. I want to build it the right way. And, you know, within our football family, you know, we're going to have a lot of expectations about how we want to build our culture, you know, about how we want to recruit, about what our vision is three years, five years down the road. And for us to hit those key points, um, you know, those, those key performance indicators, I think it's going to take a little bit of time but we're going to do it the right way. I'm not going to put Band-Aids on situations. Um, that's why I want to develop great relationships with high school coaches um, here in the area. You know, it was a fortunate thing about me graduating from Macomb High and, and Western Illinois University, you know, just right here in my hometown. You know, our, our athletic director at Macomb High uh, was my offense coordinator in high school, and, and his son is the head football coach at Macomb High, you know, came up in Macomb after me. So, again, just those local, you know, relationships are huge. 
you look at Macomb, Illinois, you draw a four-hour radius around it. There's just some outstanding high school football being played, and I really want to I want to bring those those best and the brightest individuals um, from our region to Western Illinois University. And I know that that takes relationships and that takes time. So you know that's the process that I, I'm looking forward to building here and building the, the process to make us the model program for the Missouri Valley Conference. FCS Nation. That's been Mr. Myers Hendrickson, the new head coach for the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate you and looking forward to see what you can build there in Macomb, Illinois. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now time for Chris and I to preview the national title game. We're not going to give away all the good stuff that Chris has mined for uh, the championship game preview. Make you wait until the championship game preview for that. But we know who it's going to be, Montana State and North Dakota State. Noon kickoff on ESPN2 on 8 January. Chris, what type of ball game do you think we'll see here? You know, it's hard to tell. I, I, I think that Montana State has a defense to keep it close. I think the question mark is going to be how many plays they can make on offense. If they turn the ball over and make mistakes, I don't think they have much of a shot. Uh, if it's a low-scoring game, I think it's anybody's game because both teams like to grind it out, but both teams have playmakers that can score on big plays, either in the running game or the passing game. We saw that last week. And so you could have a game, you know, that's in the fourth quarter that's 10 to 7, and you know, nobody's been able to move the ball much all half, and then all of a sudden, you know, Malat hits somebody over the top for a big play, or Christian Watson makes a big play, or, or Lepke gets loose again and wreaks his havoc. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I need to look at it more to, to really make a prediction on what kind of game we're going to see. I'm hoping it's going to be similar to the GMU North Dakota State game. Very tight, great defense, plays made on offense, and, and just a couple of of plays being the difference in the game. Well, both teams are going to have some time to get a little healthier. Uh, reading from the Montana State folks, they're going to get some guys back. NDSU, you mentioned Christian Watson. He's expected to be back by the championship game. A lot of people don't like the break in between the semifinals and the chipper game, but I think that is going to make sure that we see these teams as close to full strength and healthy as anybody can be this time of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably one of those that I don't care for how long the break is. I like the break. I, you know, maybe shorten it up by a week you know so I mean you're, you're, it's never going to be a great situation you're always going to have somebody miss because they needed that one extra week or whatever so I agree with you in that it's nice to see these teams playing as close to full strength as they can um, but just maybe have it around New Year's instead of the week following. The Montana State defense has been underrated all season, and the North Dakota State defense has been maybe rated just as they are. They're really good. This is a matchup of two teams that can slow down your running game, and they both have good enough secondary players to where you're not going to beat them there either. I think what we're going to see here, Chris, is probably, just like you said, a 20-14 to game, something like that, and whoever can make one more play in the passing game is going to be the victor. But Tommy Mallott, he's shown that on the 50-50 ball, he throws a good one and I think one advantage that Montana State has is their receivers seem to come down with those 50-50 balls more than the NDSU guys do yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, McCutcheon especially, uh, they, they're fairly sure-handed, you know, and they haven't had to use them a lot this season, but they've put up some good numbers nonetheless. So, you know, when you have that combination of a, an awesome running attack, we are averaging, you know, 220 yards plus a game, but you still have the capability to do damage through the air. That's a that's a pretty awesome combination to have, and I think both teams do have it. I mean, North Dakota State, they're not going to throw more than 15 times a game, uh, but they make the most of those 15 throws. You know, they're averaging 16, 17 
17 yards per completion. Yeah, I, I think Montana State might have a little bit of an advantage in that regard in the passing game, um, but North Dakota State has the, the advantage in the rushing attack. And when you see NDSU bringing in Quincy Patterson to run the ball, you have to think they'll put something in there where he throws it, don't you think? Yeah, I think that the, there's potential for a wrinkle there. And I think on, on both sides, I mean, I think Montana State will, will try something too. You know, if you can win an extra possession on a fake punt, um, or, or pick up a first down off of a gimmicky type play um, or score, obviously, um, you know, that's huge. And I, and I, it seems like, you know, well, we know that with Brett Vegan, you know, he's, we know where he's from. And so we know that they're not shy from, you know, working some different types of plays in and some trick plays and, and utilizing those and really being great at timing them well. And look, it's, we're talking about, you know, wrinkles in the passing game, but I think if Matt Entz and Brent Vegan had their druthers, this would just be a game where we run the ball and let the offense and defensive line decide it. And I've been thinking back to the title games. I don't think we have ever seen a group of offensive and defensive linemen who were this good match up down there in a long time. Yeah, two really, really good lines. You know, and if you look at the stats, these two teams match up really well. It's similar to really to East Tennessee State, you know, but we know what happened there. North Dakota State shut down that awesome rushing attack, you know. So I think Montana State's the team that's going to have to make more plays in the passing game. But, yeah, you, you look down the stat line and, and the success they have, especially running it, you know, both offensive lines are very physical. They're playing well, but then again, both defensive lines hold their own. They hold their ground, you know. So, I, you know, the best football or low-scoring games, in my opinion, in games where every single possession counts, and that's going to be one of these, I think. Well, you mentioned the ETSU game. Well, Tommy Mallott runs it a lot better than Tyler Rydell, the East Tennessee State quarterback, does. And I think people have been surprised at how tough that young man is. He took some super licks last week and the week before, but last week especially, and the young man just keeps getting up. What was telling for me was on a third and 17 or something like that, South Dakota State felt they were so frustrated with not being able to get back there to him when he was throwing the ball that it was a really dumb penalty on what ended up being a three-yard gain that kept that drive going, which swung the momentum. Montana State went went down and scored you cannot allow for people to get frustrated by either quarterback they're both not going to make the huge mistake I don't think and Malat for a young quarterback you would think that you know just playing these games here he would have thrown one that he shouldn't but he really hasn't Chris no I he's been coached up very well and he's making really great decisions and he's I there's been one or two you know, questionable throws where you may have been, they may have ended up in a pick, but you know, you're right. I, he's, it's kind of like he's played enough now to where we're going to expect it. But then again, you know, there's just as an equal chance, even, you know, fifth year seniors have bad games, you know, so hopefully that's not the case here. The other thing too, you know, you look back to that South Dakota state game, a lot rushed it 34 times. Yeah, so, I mean, he's getting hit hard, but he's getting hit a lot. That's a lot of carries. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to go with what works, and you're going to take that chance. And, and by the way, if he were to get knocked out of the game, uh, Tucker Robig's a, a very capable backup quarterback, so it's not all lost if he uh, ends up playing. But, uh, you know, Malott's definitely, a, you know, he's a, he's a difference maker just, just from an energy standpoint and not making mistakes. He's awesome. 
That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Many thanks to Mr. Ryan Cardi, the brand new head coach for the Delaware Blue Hens, and Mr. Myers Hendrickson, the brand new head coach for Western Illinois, for being with us this week. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. I'm executive producer Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you, the life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.